Hey guys, it's Kurt. And uh, today on Parenting Today, Jonna and I are going to finish our discussion about youth ministry uh, that we started on Tuesday. Uh, before we jump into that, I just wanted to remind you about Bible 101. Uh, what is Bible 101? Well, it's a book that's been produced by RYM, and it pretty much outlines what we believe about Scripture and why Scripture is so important. And you can find that book. It's a it's a great book. I think it's only $6.50, um, and you can buy multiple copies of it. It's a great book for students. It's a great resource for parents, and you can find it at rym.org slash bookstore, rym.org slash bookstore. Um, you can also find it on the resource tab at the RYM website if you want to navigate to it that way. Uh, Bible 101, just wanted to um, get a plug for that really quickly. Uh, now let's jump back into the podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to Parenting Today. We hope you enjoyed the conversation on Tuesday. We are talking about youth ministry. Uh, Kurt Cooper is with me. Hey, Kurt. What is this we're doing again? Hey guys. We're, we're, we're live, Kurt. You didn't realize that? We're, we're live? Yes. Oh, awesome. Everyone's All hearing right, this. Well, man, well, listen, everyone. I've just come back from the future. Buy stock in Apple. No, just kidding. All right. <laughs> that's a rough start. But hey, we're going to use this. That's all right. No, that's fine. Do you ever dream about that, though, John? Do you I ever, would... like, do you ever think about, like, if you could go back in time, like, how how crazy it would be? Yes. Like, I, I always think about, like, crazy sports events. I know this week, uh, Duke had a huge comeback in basketball. And I was thinking about a couple of years ago when the Patriots beat the Falcons in the Super Bowl and just an insane comeback and like how crazy it would be to just like walk into some casino and be like when they're down by like all those points and be like, I'd like to put a million dollars on the Patriots. <laughs> well, it's, Sir, it's, 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 it's 400 to one odds to be like, make it 2 million. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, back to the future. Don't too. Bet, by the way. Yeah. Back, back to the future too. You remember B- yeah, exactly. Biff? I mean, he gets the sports yeah. almanac and yeah, makes all that money. Yeah. And, um, but no, yeah, I mean, I've definitely had those thoughts, um, for sure. <laughs> uh, so yes, we're here, we're discussing youth ministry and look, we're, we're just gonna let you in on the behind the scenes of parenting today. We do that every now and then. Uh, we actually, it's been, <laughs> Almost a week since we recorded. Exactly a week. Oh, exactly a week. Okay, since we recorded the first portion um, of this uh, this episode on youth ministry, and I'll be honest, I cannot remember all that we talked about and the specifics of where we left off. And honestly, if we said on Tuesday, "Hey, we're going to end it right here," and we'll pick back up with this on Thursday, I, I don't know if we said that. So if we did, and we're not picking back up where we left off, we apologize. We actually recorded uh, the episode with Brian Habig. I almost said Brian Regan. That'd be fun to have Brian Regan. Let's get him. <laughs> okay. Let's get him. Uh, my people will contact his people. Um, okay. My people is me. That's the only people <laughs> I have to try to contact people. Um, so yeah, well, we're going to continue our discussion on youth ministry. Um, Kurt, I know one thing that we we did say uh, is just, you know, youth ministry is not specifically mentioned in scripture, but neither is the word Trinity, but we know that the elements of the Trinity are clearly represented uh, in scripture. I mean, we see that in the first chapter of the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter one, let us make man in our image. Um, There's a plurality, but then it speaks of a singularity and one image, not images. So we've got the Trinity right there. Um, 
Same with, with youth ministry. We kind of, as we said, see that as just kind of an outworking of covenant theology and seeing that we are all united because of the blood of Jesus Christ as, as one body, as one family. Um, and so youth ministry is just, we're talking about the, the staff, the youth ministry staff. Those are older brothers and sisters in Christ assisting in the discipleship of children. And, and one thing maybe we can pick up on, Kurt, and you can jump into this, is how youth ministry is a supplemental youth ministry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there might be different language for that, but just meaning that, and again, I think we mentioned this on Tuesday, that, that parents should not have the mindset, or we could say when youth ministry is done incorrectly in churches, is when parents think, okay, I can just drop my kids off at the church and just kind of outsource my discipleship to them and let them handle the youth ministry, handle all of the discipleship, and and I don't really have to worry about it. And so when we say supplemental ministry, that is youth ministry is coming alongside the parents and assisting the parents and hopefully echoing the same messages they're hearing in the home. Kurt, you want to yeah, respond I- to that? Well, yeah, and also, I mean, I think I said this when we talked about this on Tuesday, but, you know, if at the very base level, <coughs> excuse me, at the very base level, one thing that a youth minister or a youth staff provides is it shows students that they're, they can be a Christian and not be exactly like their parents. It's like, oh, look at this person with this different history and different way of doing things. And look, they're following Christ, you know, and they, you know, they put their, they put their silverware in the dishwasher, you know, forks times down or times up. I don't know. I mean, like, you know, just little things like that. Like, um, but I always say that, or I actually, this is someone, I heard someone say this once and I've, you know, repeated it so many times. I can't remember who said this to me, but that being a youth minister or youth, youth, ministry is like having like a sheep dog if you're a shepherd you know you're watching over the sheep you're the parents and they're your sheep and you've got to watch over them but it really helps to have a you know an animal there who's stronger and faster and wiser than the sheep and you, you, you know if you've spent any time with sheep you know that you don't have to be very strong wise or fast to be better than than them at those things but you know the sheep, the sheep think the sheepdog is just another sheep, you know, they, but they know that it's in charge and they trust it and they follow it and they listen to it. And that's really, I mean, in a lot of ways, that's what youth ministry is, is youth ministry is coming alongside people and saying, look, I'm just, a li- I'm a little bit older than you. I'm, I'm probably halfway between you and your parents. And I'm, you know, trying to follow Christ and do these things. And so it is, it's like a supplement. Like well, I, I never tell our students sometimes when our students see me if they haven't been coming to church in a little bit they'll say sorry that i haven't been here over there and i always tell them look we don't run a a guilt trip ministry like we're here well i assume that you're getting discipled besides your interactions with me um i hope that's the case and you know we're not you know we're here well, I tell parents, you can use us as much or as little as you as you feel you need. We feel like we kind of know what we're doing and we can be of help. But if you think, you know, that it's not best, that's that's fine. OK, that that's that's fine. I will say that um, if the goal of parents is to raise up young men and young women who are going to be active members of their church, 
the best possible way for them to become active members of the church is to practice being an active member of the church. And a great place to practice being an active member of the church is in the youth group, right? Because when you're a deacon or an elder or just a member of a church or on the WIC council or what, you know, like whatever it is, that however you're part of the church, you're going to have to work with other people and you're not going to choose these other people to work with. They're going to be people that join this church, wherever, whatever local body of believers that you happen to be a part of. And you're going to need to work with them and they're going to be sinners and you're going to be exposed to their sin and they're going to be exposed to your sin. And uh, you're going to have to deal with that and walk through them with that. And, you know, there's nothing, a baby version of that is a youth group. I mean, that's exactly what, so that's the benefit that I think it provides. It's like, look, great that you come to church with your parents. Good. You know, but let's start practicing what it would be like to come to church on your own. And I think the youth group is a, you know, it's kind of like a little test tube to try that out and see what that's like. So that's another benefit. Now that's good. And I like how you said a little test tube just then. Dr. John Kwasney, who's on staff at Pear Orchard, he's been on this podcast. I'm not, I'm sorry, not parenting today. He's been on the local youth worker podcast. Talks about. John, you have so many podcasts <laughs> that you can't keep up with where the guests are. That's how, that's how busy you are. Just need some more caffeine this morning. My name's Kurt. This is parenting today. That's <laughs> oh, what we're doing. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Wait, what day is it? Should probably put a shirt on too. <laughs> By the way, you've used that one before. <laughs> oh, I have. Okay, yeah. my bad. A, hey, look. What, what's funny? Okay, Brian Haybig was on as we we already talked about. I actually heard a more recent sermon of his, not one from 2016. <laughs> um, if you don't get that joke, people, you need to go back and listen to Brian Haybig's uh, Parenting Today podcast. But he actually started a sermon or. Somewhere in the sermon, he said, okay, I think I'm at the point in my ministry where I've told all the stories I have. (laughs) He's like, I don't think I have anything left. I think all of them are told, and I think I've said this one before. So, yes, on this podcast, we're going to use the same jokes. We're going to say the same things and all that. We should just start airing reruns and not tell people and just be like, I thought they had the, I guess not, you know, just see if people notice. Um, That's a terrible idea, John. (laughs) So, look. That was a people demand new content. (laughs) Let's get back on topic. I feel like you took us off tangent back on. Okay. Dr. John Kwasney said youth ministry is a laboratory for relationships. Uh, Children are learning. I mean, if it starts in seventh grade for some churches or sixth grade, all the way through 12th, they're learning how to interact with other people. They're learning that there is, we've brought up the, the valid concern of some parents thinking, okay, I do not want to send my children to youth ministry because they're going to be corrupted. You know, this family might think they've kind of got it together. And let's just say there, there are some families who have been very intentional in the discipleship of their children. And they think, okay, we're going to allow them to go to this youth group. And I know some of these kids are, are doing things that are very questionable. And some of them might not even be believers. What we need to realize is that hopefully our children as they grow up are going to be around unbelievers and should be around unbelievers. And so while they're still under the the roof of these parents, they can be in this youth ministry. And to, to borrow that, that term, a laboratory of relationships, they're learning, okay, how do I respond when somebody sins against me? And and, and to, to realize that, that it's okay. They're going to be impacted by other people. And yes, we've got to be cautious with the company that they keep. But at the end of the day, you know, as we've talked about Mark chapter seven and elsewhere, that it's not what is outside of us. It's what's inside of us that corrupts us, that 
their own heart is corrupted, our own heart is corrupted. Our family model of discipleship isn't the perfect sinless model that we need other people uh, in the lives of our students, and we need to be teaching our children and, and discipling them on how to deal with these messy relationships as they get into youth group. I think that's good. Um, you know, <laughs> I think uh, sometimes sometimes uh, you can run into parents in youth ministry who um, who are worried about how the world is going to affect their children. I think everybody is like that. Um, but the bottom line is is that you want. If, if there's a time when you want your student exposed to the world and exposed to the problems that are going to arise in life, certain, don't you want it while they're still under your care? Um, do you want to, you know, I would say one of the other benefits of youth group is like, you know, eventually maybe you're going to send your kid to college, you know, or you're going to send your kid um, or not even that. Maybe they're just going to go to trade school or maybe they're just going to go and get a job or whatever. But like, at some point, you don't get to control who is who your children are exposed to. And the idea is, is look, well, I'm going to spend all this time preparing them so they're ready for it. Well, I, I, I mean, I honestly make the argument that one of the best places to do that is in the youth group because you're going to run into people, you know. And not only that, but maybe you disagree with the youth minister about this or about that, about what's appropriate or about those kind of things. And certainly the youth minister, I've certainly been called on the carpet by parents and just had to say, you know what? You're right. That was a mistake. But sometimes I've had parents come on the carpet and I said, you know what? We're just going to have to disagree about that because in, in Christian liberty, I don't like I, I can see how you could have a problem with it. But I can also see how maybe that's a you issue and not a, and not a, a, a church issue or a ministry issue. And that's good for you as a parent. But it's also good for your children to see that, like, people are going to do church differently. And, you know, I, you know, I feel like we're kind of talking to the overprotective parent at this point. Like, yeah. but we also need to say. That we also need to say that, like, um, we, I don't, I don't want us to just be so harsh on that, and 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 not give due attention to the fact that a lot of parents abdicate their position and say, "Hey, this youth minister, they're going to raise up my child. Why is my child out drinking on the weekends? I thought I was taking him to youth group, um, and that your job." And so, and, and that's obviously not the issue ever. Too, but in every church, you have people like that, both kinds. You have, and and so those are the two opposite ends of a pretty big spectrum. And you've got people all the way, in, you know, all throughout and in between as well. So, yeah, John, what's up? No, Kurt, that, I, you're making a, a great point, and I think as you you just kind of alluded to there that maybe it it would be helpful for us to, you know, shift off of. <clears throat> some admonition to the parents and think, okay, let's look at some of the ways in which parents um, are validated in some of their concerns about youth ministry. I mean, as we started out Mm. this podcast and as everybody knows, the two of us are youth workers. Uh, You know, you're in a local church now. I was in a local church and I'm still on staff with RYM. We're also parents too, but we're somewhat biased towards youth ministry. Um, So maybe some scenarios that we know that are, are real that have happened in churches and that parents have had to, to deal with. What about parents dealing with, you know, a youth worker that's almost all the time younger than them. Okay. Mm. Most of the time youth workers are younger and, and, 
in a lot of ways they should be, but because like you kind of compared to the sheepdog, which I think that's a good analogy. Um, you know, youth workers are cooler typically than the parents. And I know that can sound superficial. That's important. I want my children to have a youth worker that's cool to them. And they think, wow, this, this person's younger. They're cooler than my, my parents and they're a Christian and wow, they can, you know, be, you know, cool and, you know, follow the Lord. And of course we can get into the debate of what cool means and all that. And I'm not meaning that, but, but typically youth workers are younger. Okay. And the parent, let's say is, you know, 20, 30, 40 years older than this youth worker. And they see, okay, this youth worker is great. We love them, but they are unwise in some Pro- of the things that they're doing. How do we, how do we, probably not, probably not 40 years older. Did I, say I mean, 40? if you, yeah, if a youth worker is like 25, they're not a lot of 65 year old well, parents. I and mean, there are some. Yeah, there yeah, are some. Yes. I would say it's probably not. Let's probably say somewhere between 15 and, and, and like 25. That's usually the, okay. the distance. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. Let, let's, but, let's, do, uh, let's do 13 <laughs> and 27 years. Okay. Hey, well, you know, you know what? I like the way that you're splitting years. <laughs> um, but hey, I like the way- sincere, sincerely, Kurt, let's get us back on track, Mr. Mathematician. And uh, <laughs> let's, let's listen. I'm just trying to think of that 65-year-old parent who's going through youth for the first time. They had their... They had their fifteen-year-old. I, I didn't say for 50. the first time, um, but people, you know, like, well, well, all right. Well, okay, parents honestly, dealing with younger parents, <laughs> youth workers that aren't as wise. Youth, what, what, what's some counsel maybe for the parents who who want to come alongside and and help this youth worker? Well, first of all, you have to let the youth, the youth worker, you know, the girl or the guy who's working with your student is also on their own spiritual journey and also learning to walk with Christ, and you know they're they're not supposed to have everything together they're just supposed to be more spiritually mature than your student they're not supposed to be more as spiritually mature as you are this is a mistake that i think i think a lot of old men if i can say this make is that lots of times they'll be sitting in church and they'll look at a child and say oh well that child is being so noisy i can't believe it well that is the 42 year old or 52 year old man taking his standard and applying it to an eight-year-old well that's not really a good way to think about things Instead, let's try to remember when we were eight or when we were in 15 or when we were 25 and we were trying to figure things out and we were full of zeal and we were often confident, although not frequently right. And, <laughs> you know, and use and, and think about how we could minister to that person as well. And, you know, I think um, one thing that would be really helpful for parents, uh, just speaking from my own experience, is um, you have to show the youth worker that you're on their side before you start saying, Hey, this is what you should do, or this is what you shouldn't do. I think a lot of parents take the tact of like, let me take this little young guy side and kind of sh- show him the ways of the world. And the young guy's like, Hey, look, I'm not your high school student. All right. I've been to college. I've graduated. I might've even gone to seminary at this point. Like I'm not some kind of like baby, you know? Um, and, <laughs> and so you want to be careful not to, um, you want to be careful. I think about when uh, Jesus met Nathaniel for the first time. Um, you know, Nathaniel was the one that was like the disciple that was like, "Could anything good come from Nazareth?" I, I <laughs> um, love such, that. That's one of yeah, that's such funny. an honest disciple. It's like, yeah, I've been in Nazareth. They're lame, you know. Like <laughs> for like, I, I'm from Tupelo, but wherever you're from, like your hometown, like you think of like some other town, be like. There's no way that the Messiah can come from Pontotoc or Shannon. You know what I mean? Like, that's basically what Nathaniel's saying. But when Jesus meets him, Jesus doesn't say, well, look at this skeptic who thinks that he knows everything. Instead, Jesus says, behold, an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. In other words, 
he sees Jesus' Jesus sees Nathaniel as half full. In other words, he points out that look, this guy's honest at least. He's not like lying and um being and and um using flattery, you know, when Philip tells him about Jesus instead he's like, mm, I'm having trouble believe that. And Jesus recognizes that. And I think that's something that we that parents can do with their youth workers is be like, okay, well, what's the strength of your work of your of your youth worker? Is he or she a good teacher or a good one-on-one discipler, or do they come up with really fun activities, or are they really organized? Well, why don't we, you know, really work on praising them on those things before we jump to, well, look, you know, the movie that you chose to show on the bus was PG-13, and we only allow PG. You know, I mean, okay, well, that might have been a mistake, all right, but let's, you know, let's 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 start on a good foot so that we can earn the right to be heard instead of um, instead of maybe starting with the negative or what you don't like. Yeah. Kurt, I think it's a, that's a very good point. Um, And we're, you know, it's so funny how we just kind of naturally come to the defense of the youth worker, but, but you're, you're bringing up a good point. It's like, okay, a parent doesn't just need to jump in because I have had those parents uh, where there was really no support and there was no, not much involvement. Then all of a sudden they just want to come in and tell me, how to do things. And then also we need to think about the fact if, I mean, and Kurt speak to this as well. I mean, if we listen to every parent telling us how to do ministry, we would be doing ministry and, you know, 20 different directions. And we, we just, at the end of the day, somebody has to lead and somebody has to make decisions and it's not going to, to please, you know, I mean, again, just taking kind of Pear Orchard's youth ministry over a hundred students. And we had, you know, one time 17 schools involved in our youth group. And so you've got a lot of different minds. You have homeschool, you have public school, you have private school. Everyone's thinking differently. There's just no way to win and there's no way to please everyone. And and this is where, I mean, just the beauty of scripture and just looking at, okay, teaching from scripture, you know, whatever that looks like, if that's more topical, if it's Sunday school format, if it's a large group preaching, you know, relying upon the word of God and knowing that ultimately at the end of the day, that's what we need to be focused on. That's what we need to be building our ministry on and not just kind of clever new ideas and concepts and, and all of that. So, um, but I was just going to say that one thing that I tell younger youth ministers or guys who are in the ministry now who have worked under me or something like that is I say, never, ever, ever, um, try to please the parents. I said, I said, don't, don't try to do that. I said, because you, you know, if a parent wants you to do this or do that (coughs) and they're on your case about it, what's going to happen is you're going to try to do it. You're not going to be passionate about it. It's not, and they're not going to be pleased and no one is going to be happy. You're going to make yourself miserable and they're not, and you're not going to have done because, you know, for whatever reason, you're not going to have done it to suit whoever it is. So you need to be passionate about what you're doing. And, um, to parents, I would say the youth leader needs your help. Um, you know, the youth leader, you know, he knows, he or she knows a lot about what's going on with students and they, and he, they have a lot to teach you, but you have a lot to teach them too. Don't give up on them. All right. Don't give up on them. Um, they're going to disappoint you. They're, they're definitely, if you're a parent and you're listening to this, your youth leader, if they haven't already, is definitely going to disappoint you. Um, it's going to be by something that they don't do or something that they do that you wish they hadn't done, but, <laughs> or something that they've said. Um, I've had parents, I'll just take an example is I had some parents um, say to me one time that I'd really hurt their students' feelings um, 
because I had told him that in college he was going to have a little bit of a harder struggle than some people because he was an only child. And I was an only child and I went to college and I said, and I just told him, I said, you know, there's a lot going on. You know, this is not coming from a place of like, let me shame you. This was like, look, let me tell you about my experience. And they told me, you know, like, well, that really hurt his feelings. And he didn't want to, you know, he didn't want to hear that. And then those same parents later on, like came back to me, you know, after like his first or second year of college and we're like, Hey, you were right about that. Like we were wrong to, we were wrong to jump on your case about that. Like you were totally right. Um, and you know, he didn't like to hear it, but it was what he needed to hear. You know, at the same time, I've also had, you know, I've also said, well, this is what I think or, you know, whatever. And parents have said, well, you need to, I've had elders set me aside and say, well, I understand what you're trying to say here, but the way you're saying it, the message is not getting through to the students. Instead, you're telling them this, you know, and, and explain it to me. I had an elder take me out to lunch at one of my previous churches and just say, look, you tr- I see what you're trying to do. It makes sense to me that you would want to, you know, say this or that to the students or try to make that point across. But the way you're making it, your message is getting lost and you really need to think about. It. And I really appreciated that. Yeah. As um, I, I learned, I, I, I'll never forget um that conversation that we had. And so I, I, I would just say to parents, be patient with the, you know, the youth leader, the youth leader, these are your children and they're your precious possession that the Lord has given you to be stewards over. But, um, this youth leader is trying to figure it out too. And, um, and when they don't do a good job, it's okay to call them on the carpet. But when they do a good job, if you're going to do that, you also, when they do a good job, you've got, you've got to be there to support them and praise them. Again. Yeah. That, that's some, some good advice there, Kurt. And we're, we're going to, start to wrap this up soon. How about, let's do this. Let's think of, as you just said, encouraging the parents to support the youth worker. Let's give just some bullet point ways in which they can practically do that. How can parents uh, come alongside and, and support the youth worker? And then I got number one. Okay. I want to do number one, but you, and yeah. then, and then how they can also, um, maybe giving some counsel, some advice of, what the parents should be doing in the home to disciple their student. Again, we, we've mm-hmm. kind of, we've talked about family worship, but maybe just some bullet point thoughts of ways in which, uh, you know, they can be sure to, to take up the responsibility that the scripture places on them. So Kurt, what, what are some practical ways in which parents can support the youth worker? To show out, you must first show up. In other words, the most important ability is availability. And you're, you know, you have a, let's say that you've got a, a guy or a girl who likes to play guitar and you're like, well, I want them to be in the youth band. Well, they're not going to be in the youth band if they're not coming to youth. Um, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't walk into a situation and become a leader. You have to earn that right by being a part of the group. And so the most important thing is consistently being a part of it. I tell our students, you will not always have a great time when you come to fellowship on Sunday night. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it will be awesome. And other times you'll be like, well, that was okay. You know, but the cumulative effect of consistently being with the people of God and making that a priority. And if you want to call it a tradition, a tradition, but a regular practice, that is the most important thing that that your student can do. And so to encourage them in that, and that means that you as a parent need to be regularly in worship and regularly involved in the church as well. Um, Because you can't ask your, you can't um, give someone something that you don't have. So, you know, that, I would say the first thing is that availability is the, really the most important ability. You need yep. to you need to be involved. Yeah, and, and yeah. Uh, to reiterate that point by stating it in in the negative, uh, to not show up is one one of the greatest discouragements for a youth worker. I mean, 
sure. for, for a youth worker to work hard, to put something together, to have something, and then to have a small turnout. Yes, it's not all about numbers, but when you do have a specific amount of <laughs> covenant children in your church that you know are involved and should be involved and they don't show up, that can communicate a lot of discouragement to the youth worker. And I mean, one thing that the youth worker could be thinking is, well, the parents don't trust me or they don't see this as, you know, a valid use of their time. And when that's the youth worker's job, their, their calling, I mean, that can be a very discouraging thing. And so not saying, you know, they have to be at absolutely everything that the church offers because oftentimes that can be too much. But, but yeah, you're right, Kurt, of, of showing up is a definite encouragement. Um, something too, this is very practical. I remember as I got older and had more children, when families would offer free childcare for my wife and I uh, to, to go out on a date, I mean, that, that mm-hmm. is awesome. And so just, I mean, parents out there listening who might have youth workers with children to say, hey, look, we want you and your wife to go out or you and your husband to go out and y'all go out to eat, y'all go to the movies. We're going to watch your kids for free. Don't worry about it or we're going to allow our children to watch them, whatever. Um, That's just a way to encourage them and say, look, you guys need to be making time for your marriage and we're going to help you um, to, to be able to, to focus on that relationship. So that's just a, a really practical thing that I've seen done and I've had it done to me. Um, and it's just a deep encouragement. Yeah. I, um, man, I've been really fortunate. I've served in two churches um, that have been really supportive of the youth ministry and supportive of me and, uh, and stuff like that is awesome. I mean, I, I hesitate to mention even one thing like that that's happened to me because I don't want to like, um, I don't want to neglect all the different things that have happened. But I remember um, one family in particular, they just called us up and were like, hey, um, we have this condo, you know, down at the beach and we're not going to use it, um, you know, these dates. And we want you to just go down with your family and take the weekend and go. And, um, I mean, what a cool thing, you know what I mean? We were even, because we were even able to call some friends of ours and be like, Hey, we have extra room. You want to come and able, able to join us. And, um, what, I mean, what an encouragement, um, to, I think that's an awesome thing. Anything that you have, and you don't have to, it doesn't have to be as lavish, I guess, as that, like, you know, from free babysitting all the way to like, Hey, I'd like, you know, if you're, if you're able to do this, if you have the skills to do it, you say like, Hey, I would like to host youth group one night, or I would like to, um, you know, uh, help with Sunday school or however you're skilled, you know, anytime that someone says, Hey, I want to help. I'm always like, good, let's try to find a way to let them help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so just, yeah, trying to kind of bullet point some of these, I mean, obviously prayer, I mean, be praying Mm -hmm. consistently, but on top of that, (laughs) tell, tell the youth worker you're praying for them. I mean, to, to have someone, you know, shoot you a text or just in passing at church on Sunday, I have been praying for you. I hope you're doing well. Is there anything specific I can pray for you about? For, for a youth worker to know, wow, they're praying for me. And uh, I mean, that's just obviously such an encouragement and, and kind of along those lines, too. I mean, sending a, a note to the youth worker. Hey, it really meant a lot that you did this, took my children on this trip. I uh, just wanted to pass along some encouragement because at times it can be a thankless thing. So, yeah, I think that's a, that's a helpful thing. I'll tell you another really simple thing, John, that I think parents should be getting the practice of doing is, you know, if you are attending worship regularly and you're attending Sunday school regularly or you're attending, um, 
<laughs> youth group is uh, you should be in the practice of asking your student what what was it about? Um, what, one way in which I always try to end my Sunday school lessons, and I, sometimes I'm good about this and other times I'm not as good about it, but I always try to end, end the lessons by saying, here's our takeaway. Like, here's what you need to be thinking about as you walk down that hallway and go back to your, you know, and go to church or go to the car or whatever. It's like, this is what the, you know, this is what you need to take away from the scripture. And um, sometimes, you know, your students, you ask your students and they're going to be like, I don't know. I didn't really pay attention. That's fine. You know what? That doesn't mean that the teacher is a bad teacher or that your student is, you know, um, a reprobate destined for the pit of hell. Like that's not what that means. Okay. All it means is maybe they were tired because they stayed up too late last night watching Netflix or whatever it is. But the more what that, what that indicates to your student and what it also indicates to the youth worker without him knowing it is that you care what's being discussed in youth group. You care about what's happening. And, you know, a lot of youth workers spend a lot of time working on their Sunday school lessons or working on their devotionals or whatever it is. And for someone to ask, it's like, Hey, what was that about? Or whatever. That says a lot to them. It means like, Hey, and what, ha- what what's happening here matters. Mm-hmm. And so that's just a really simple thing that you can do is just be like, learn about that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's good as we're kind of giving parents some thoughts on, okay, how can we be discipling our student? Yes. I mean, such, and I mean, this is where it's such a blessing to have people who are coming along, assisting in the discipleship process. I mean, just, you know, last night as we're recording this on, on Thursday, but we had Wednesday night church. My children were in a catechism class. My son, we get home and I can say, Hey, what'd y'all talk about? <laughs> the only kind of quote unquote preparation I had to put into that is what did y'all talk about? And then he mm-hmm. tells me, and then I can go off of that and have discussion with them. And so, yes, following up after a youth um, study and asking, what did y'all talk about? And maybe even going a step further. Uh, I know sometimes what we would do is we would pr- provide outlines with questions of what we discussed, uh, you know, on a, on a Wednesday night, a small group that we had. You know, if a parent might could could reach out to the youth worker and just say, hey, is it do you have any kind of outline I could look at or are there some questions maybe that would be helpful to follow up? And then throughout the week, kind of continue that discussion as you're driving them around or, you know, as you're getting up in the morning and just even if it's a, you know, two, three minute, five minute conversation um, just to kind of get that into their their heart, their mind um, as they're you know going about their day. I was going to say also. This is just if there are any youth workers listening to this podcast, is that you need to communicate clearly with your students. If, if, if you want your parents to do this, then you also need to communicate clearly with your students and your parents about what you're teaching and what you're going through. One mistake that we've made before is that maybe we're talking about a pretty sensitive subject. Maybe we're talking about um, sex or, um, you know, about or really just about anything, about drinking or about, you know, something – what what people would call like the quote unquote classic things that youth leaders talk about, but, or maybe we're talking about same sex attraction, or maybe we're talking about gender, or maybe we're talking about like, you know, something that is a pretty serious topic. Um, give your parents a heads up that you're going to be talking about that. Don't ask, you know, what, what parents don't want to do is parents don't want to like say, Oh, well, how was fellowship tonight or whatever. And they'd be like, well, we talked about homosexuality. (laughs) Okay. Well, what, what did you talk about it? And, um, you know, like we talked about this or, you know, we talked about, we talked about Julian or we talked about drugs or tobacco, you know, you know, parents like to know beforehand, especially on big issues like that. Um, especially on big issues like that, sensitive issues, 
um, parents like to know. So be sure to let them know. Um, oh, look, you know, we're on such and such a date. We're going to be talking about this. And we wanted you to be prepared so you would know you wouldn't be caught off guard because no one likes to get caught off guard. So that's mm-hmm. just another that's for just for the youth worker if they happen to be listening. Yeah. And, and Kurt, I'm, I'm going to wrap this up and you can jump in in just a minute if there's one more thing you, you think of. But I know we, we've said this, <laughs> you know, as we're opening this podcast, reminding people about the RYM student podcast. I mean, I had a pastor just the other day um, in another state tell me, hey, that's been so helpful. He said, you know, when I'm taking my children to school, I just play that. It's a, you know, three to five minute clip. And then we just talk about that. And even as I've taken my own daughter to school, I'll just hit play on that. I mean, it posts Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays and have a conversation with my daughter. It's a very easy, there's again, no preparation. I mean, what, what I do is hit play, hit plays. And then I'll say to my daughter, what did they just talk about? And then she starts answering. And then I just play off of what she's saying. So little to no preparation and you're having a biblical conversation with your child. It's a very helpful, easy tool. And I feel like I can promote it a lot because I have nothing to do with it. And just promoting Krishan Ducker behind the scenes is doing all of that. And so just giving him a shout out there, Kurt, if there's anything you want to add to it, feel free. Or if not, we can get into our cultural artifacts. If you've got one. Sure. I was just going to say, Krishan Ducker is uh, really suffering for the gospel. Um, He is, (laughs) He is, he is a martyr, a modern day martyr. <laughs> I say that jokingly because Krishan has just recently moved to the Na- to Nassau in the Bahamas, uh, where he's working with the church there, and he's doing really good work. Uh, but it's, <laughs> I mean, he's it's also living in the Bahamas. <laughs> so, um, congratulations to Krishan, you're living the dream. Uh, John, do you have a cultural artifact? I, I do. Um, Let's th- hear. It. This is a. Uh... You know, maybe more random. I don't think we've done this, but it's a a movie trailer. Uh, you you might already know about this, Kurt. It's not Frozen Two. I know that one just came out, and that one, you know, mm. it will be a big deal. But it's Tolkien. Have you seen the trailer for Tolkien? Mm. I have not. Or or should I say Tolkien? How do you say it correctly? I I I don't I don't I just say the guy who wrote the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> uh, J R R R R Tolkien. Um, so like yeah, it's it's com- yeah it's coming out this May I believe, um, and I forget the the guy's name, but he uh, was in Mad Max Fury Road. He's also been in X Men. He was Tom Hardy. No, no, he was in. He was the crazy guy in Mad Max Fury Road. That one of the oh crazy yeah guys with the spray paint in the teeth. With the yeah, 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 yeah. But it, actually, about a boy. Um, that that movie. You know, he was the he was the little boy in that movie. So yeah, to, I don't know his name. You'll have to. I know we'll we'll have yeah. to look it up. I should have been more prepared. And you know, I looked at the directors and the writers of it just to kind of see, okay, um, you know, what angle are they going to take? It's interesting. Th- these these people have not done a lot of movies. Uh, I think the director uh, was from Sweden, but then maybe young at a young age moved to Finland, and so uh, hasn't you know, produced a lot of American made films. Um, there's not a whole lot. I haven't done a whole lot of digging, but it's interesting to see that trailer and it'll be interesting to see uh, what that communicates. I did again, scroll through the cast list. There's nobody portraying CS Lewis. So I guess that they don't, you know, go get into that relationship, but you know, gets into mm. the, the man who's definitely influenced a lot of the fantasy genre for sure. Um, as far as the, the cinemas go, Kurt, anything you got for us? Well, I was just going to say that today is Valentine's Day, mm. um, and uh, we 
I, I think anyone could do um, – I think anyone would do themselves a service uh, to do a little research about who St. Valentine's uh, – about St. Valentine's. And I think it would also um, maybe uh, – it would be of good service to you if you knew about the St. Val- Valentine's Day massacre that happened in France um, where uh, uh, many people were martyred. So I know Valentine's Day is a time to um, – you know, buy some overpriced flowers or um, chocolates for your loved one. You know, let them know every day should be Valentine's Day if you're married. Um, I know, but you know, uh, but also maybe uh, I, I, th- I think I think it behooves us as Christians that on holidays, which is short for holy days um, or days when everyone recognizes that if any way we can take that and tie it back into what we believe be a valuable thing to do. So those are two things that I would suggest that people educate themselves on um, so they can talk about it. That's my only cultural artifact. And also happy Valentine's Day to you, John. Mm, I was going to say happy Valentine's Day to you as well, Kurt. <laughs> how, how about you? Uh, you take us out. Oh, absolutely. Guys, thank you all for joining us. Uh, this has been Parenting Today. Um, be sure and go back and listen to, if you didn't, go back and listen to our interview with Brian Haybig or our interview uh, with uh, Hunter and Brian Um, who wrote uh, Gender, a guide for uh, pastors. Uh, Be sure and check out both those episodes. Check out uh, the local youth worker as well. And um, anyway, John, it's great to talk to you. See you later, man. Yeah, see you. Have a good one, Kurt.